As Breast Cancer Awareness Month is around the corner, I will be sharing previous episodes in hopes of helping to support fundraising efforts for nonprofit organizations that serve those impacted by breast cancer. This week, I am sharing the episode with Elizabeth Clough, founder of Impact One Breast Cancer Foundation. She shared her personal story of breast cancer that inspired the creation of Impact One. She talked about the hope box that provides women going through cancer with the things that they might need, but may not have access to. Take a listen in, and if you're called to, please consider making a donation. Welcome to Behind the Pink Ribbon, where we share stories, information, and other content related to breast cancer. My name is Melissa Adams. I am a 12-year genetic breast cancer survivor. I've learned so much through my own journey with breast cancer. I have met some amazing people along the way, many that have become lifelong friends. I have experienced the emotional roller coaster of a breast cancer diagnosis, heartache, anger, frustration, loneliness, and even gratitude. Through this podcast, we will speak to breast cancer survivors, supporters, and healthcare professionals to gain insight and understanding behind the pink ribbon. I'm here today with Elizabeth Clough. She is uh, with Impact One, a nonprofit national organization out of Gilbert, Arizona. So welcome to the show, Elizabeth. I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, Melissa, thanks so much for having me. I was so excited when you reached out. I was really excited to be able to, to share what we're doing. Of course. Well, I was excited to find you. <laughs> um, so let's kind of dive right in and talk about um, the organization. So first, I want to I want to hear a little bit about why it was founded. Um, usually, many organizations have a story behind it. So um, whether it's your story or somebody else's story, tell me a little bit about um, why it was founded and who founded it. Yeah. Well, um, definitely this, this nonprofit does have a story link behind it. And it was, um, really based on my experience when I was diagnosed, um, in 2007, um, I was, well, it was 2008. I was in the midst of going through, um, finishing treatment and I had so many setbacks that I did not plan. I had everything planned out of how I'd be finished and I would be done with my, my uh, surgeries and, and I just, nothing was going as planned and it just became darker and darker and the journey became longer and longer. And when I had these little children to keep raising, um, it just became just really impossible to see the light, um, at the end. I just didn't see it. And I found myself in a place where as much as I felt like people were trying to help, it was really feeling isolating. And, um, how old were your kids? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. So, um, I had, um, a five, a four and a one year old. Oh my, they're tiny. Yeah. And and they were tiny and they, um, the one year old required more help because she had some, um, disabilities. We knew that there were surgeries ahead. We knew that there were some things that we had to work on to get her to a place where she could walk. And I remember going into my doctor after the diagnosis and asking, who do I fix first? Yeah. <laughs> do, I, do I fix me or do, do I work on Maya? And um, he said, you know what, Elizabeth, you've got to fight and get through this so that you can be the mother Absolutely. to these children, you know, after this journey. And so I knew then that I had to keep fighting despite this darkness that I was describing. And so I remember just knowing that 
um, treatment was done. Radiation was just not um, as expected. It had not, it had, it had burned me quite, quite badly. And so I had to go into some hyperbaric um, therapies and things to try to close the skin that was actually um, kind of deteriorating, really. It was like, oh, wow. it's almost like uh, a sunburn 50 times over. And um, I, I can remember just sitting thinking, okay, Elizabeth, if you have a support system that is checking on you, that is making sure your babies are safe, that is making sure that you have food. What about the women who don't have that? Yes. And it, it, it actually haunted me. I remember where I was. I remember being in, in the, our home office. And I think I was just Googling, you know, like how to, how to, you know, get through a radiation burn and all these different things. And the thought went through my mind and I was so haunted by it that I just kept thinking there are so many women out there that are forgotten. Absolutely. And, and so it, it stayed on my mind and in my heart for a long time. And, um, I have, um, I've, I've always worked in nonprofit all my life and I'm sure that's why that giving and, and wanting to help is still instilled in me. Um, I had stepped back from the school district and stopped um, working with kids and decided, you know what, I've got to figure out a way to help give back to these women. And so I tried to figure out, okay, I'm like, I can't fundraise for research. I, I, I'm not equipped to do something like that. What is it that you think is most needed? And I started thinking about what I went without. And I went without because even though I had a support system, I went without items that I didn't have the energy to go get. I didn't have the willpower to go do, and I didn't want to wake, make one more appointment. And those items were wigs, prosthetics, compression garments, bras that would support you after a mastectomy. All those things were things at that time that I was like, I just am going to go without. I don't have one more ounce of energy to look into that. And so I thought, if I could just get a company to donate some items, I'll find a way to get um, those items shipped to a woman wherever they are. And so that was just kind of how it got instilled in me. And I started kind of the little fire lit under me. And I, I began writing letters. And this is how it all grew. Because one day I got this shipment from Virginia from a prosthetic company that said, my wife wants you to have these Aww. items. And my, I looked at my husband and I said, I know what I need to do. We've got to launch this nonprofit. Yeah. And that's how it all began. And you, and really, I mean, it sat with you for a very long time because you said uh, 2007, 2008, you were diagnosed. Yeah, I yeah. was. And the, and the journey was still so long because of so many complications. Yeah. So, and so I, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't done in a year. You know? Right. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, I talk about that in my book where, you know, yeah. somebody, somebody said to me, very early on in my diagnosis, just give it a year and it'll be done and over with. Yes. And then you can yes. go back to living your normal yes. life. <laughs> yes. And that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> yes. And so first of all, I was like, no, it's seven years later and I'm still dealing mm -hmm. with this stuff. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and there's mm -hmm. no normal. There's no there's more no normal, normal mm -hmm. to go back to. Mm -hmm. um, there isn't. 
So, I mean, this really, this really obviously, you know, weighed heavy for you because in 2015 is really when you got the 501c3 status and really kind of made this, you know, something that was official. So yeah, you really hung on to that for a long time. Um, I did. And I love it. I mean, I I love that so many years passed and you Mm -hmm. still had that desire and that, that fire, you know, to, to keep pushing through and making this happen. I did. And I, you know, I always, I know maybe you feel this way too. You have people that sometimes say, Hey, would you call my friend that just got got diagnosed or would you give her some information? So I was doing that the whole time after my treatment was over, but the the entire time I just kept thinking of how can I reach women? I can't physically get to them, you know, by driving and things like that. I'm like, how can I do it? And that's how I realized these items are going to be shipped all over to the woman's doorstep without them even having to leave the home. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's, there's something about getting a package, um, yes. you know, like there were days, um, I lived by myself. I was single at the time and uh-huh. it, there were just days where, you know, uh-huh. I was just like, Oh my gosh, this, I mean, many days where I'm like, this yeah. really sucks. Um, yeah. but then I would get a package from yes. somebody and just, opening that up and knowing that the contents inside of that were full of love and, um, you know, just, just the, the, the love I felt, um, from what was in that box. And it could have been something silly, like a Reese's cup. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I can remember opening the door and having girls that I knew of say this, this bracelet just spoke to me and I want to give it to you. And so, you know, if I had that feeling of, I am thought about, there was no way I could let these other women who maybe husbands have left them. I'm just giving you some statistics that oh, are yeah. real. Oh, absolutely. Husbands who have left them, women who've lost their husbands, women who are trying to raise their babies and still return to work. I could not think of any other way than to ship them that feeling of love but also vital, vital, expensive items that are cutting their costs that have to go out of pocket. They can put that, that money somewhere else. Right. And that's my, I so wholeheartedly agree with you because I Mm -hmm. feel like there's a population of women and men realistically, but a a large population that is being missed because they don't have the support system around them. They don't have the tools Mm -hmm. or access Mm -hmm. to certain things. And, you know, I, I, like you're speaking my language because, you know, I think about them too. And, you know, part of my hope is that this podcast will serve for some of them as Mm -hmm. a support system Mm -hmm. in some fashion that they know that they're not alone. So I, I hear absolutely Mm -hmm. what you're saying and I think it's fantastic. So what are, um, I mean, you talked about a number of different things. So, you know, you, you have this box, so it's kind of like a, Um, I don't know, one of those ones that you sign up for on a monthly basis, yeah. kind of. Yeah, it kind, it kind of replicates that idea um, because I'm very picky of what the box, I want the box to look as if it's come from a store or boutique. Oh. And as we've getting, gotten bigger, we're making it prettier and prettier and prettier. And we want that because that box is individually um, made for that woman. So there's so many amazing organizations that we help donate to, but in their in their packages are all the same, which is great. They're all the same, you know, boxing up the same items. The beautiful thing about this is that each application that comes in 
when it's electronically sent, it has a it has a woman who has a need or even the husband who's filling this out for the woman and they explain why they need it. And it's like, how can you, you just are so driven by figuring out how to make sure that she gets the items that she needs. And so it's not only beautiful with items donated from different companies, we get Sephora or we we've gotten some organic things from whole foods and things like that. Some really nice shampoos and stuff. We get all that to put in there. But what is the most meaningful is the things they know they need, the things they know they need. And so that's the most meaningful part of our hope box. Right. And so they can just go onto the website and request a hope box, fill out a little bit of information. um, Mm -hmm. And the website is? It's um, impact one, all one word, like all one word spelt out O-N-E dot pink. Dot we pink. got the first domain, dot <laughs> <laughs> pink. We got that when when it launched, and we were so excited. Okay. But I wanted to tell you what's in those boxes because I yeah, think it's important. Absolutely, yeah. please do. So I wanted to finish that. So what we're able to do is, if a woman is going through, maybe she's just going through right now the chemo, and she's going to go through hair loss. Well, then we're able to find wigs from different local companies or even companies that have delivered or are donated across the country and delivered them to our office. We find what, what they're looking for. They'll, they'll request my hair was brown or my hair was auburn. It was, it was shoulder length. It was wavy. And we sometimes say, if you feel comfortable, send us a photo. And so we'll either send that photo to a company that we're needing to get a donation from, or we usually have that type of style on stock. And it's been, such an amazing thing to always feel like we are able to provide them what they need, which would be a wig. Or they can say, you know what, I'm just going through my mastectomy and um, I I need some compression garments while I'm healing. And so we've teamed up with a local um, designer in Arizona who designs compression garments for any kind of surgery, whether it's augmentation or if it's reduction or mastectomy, and they donate um, those products to us on a yearly basis. And um, I've been told by every woman, I wish I would have had it when I was going through it because I wrapped myself in ace bandages. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's what we all know. But these are amazing compression garments. They can go out in public and they're cute and they're stylish and they zip in the front and they're very easy to put on. And so we'll do compression garments. Um, I did get certified as a mastectomy fitter because I put the hours in to learn about this because I wanted to know if a woman's calling me and telling me she needs prosthetics and she lives in Tuba city, which is, you know, five hours away from where we're at. I want to be able to ask the the nurse navigator certain questions so that we're able to fit her properly. Cause sometimes I know you can go in for fittings. Sometimes they've already had prosthetics and they need new ones and their insurance is denying it. So we can give them, we can give them prosthetics. We can give them breast forms. We can give them prosthetic um, bras. So those all go into the box as they request those items. Some of them need them all. Some of them need them just a few things, but that's why it's so individualized for each woman. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, I love the fact that it's individualized. I love Mm -hmm. that, you know, here's a picture of what my hair used to look like. Um, you know, and there's nothing, there's nothing more than feeling like while you're in the middle of this really crappy journey and your body is going through so many different things and it's wreaking havoc on, on, you know, every last bit of you 
to have something right. that's going to make you feel like you're, you know, you're pretty and, you know, just yeah. give you some confidence. Um, yeah. So I love that. I think that that's fantastic. And yeah, I mean, that is, that is no small task Yeah. <laughs> at all. I mean, really by yeah. any means. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it's, a. I mean, as far as on our end, making sure that we get everything for these women, um, we put a lot of energy into sometimes reaching out to them and telling them what we think they might need added to what they just requested based on what we know, what they're in as far as their, their journey. And they just appreciate that because their amazing doctors don't have time to sit down and tell them, well, in six weeks, you might be needing this kind of thing versus what you need right now. And so they just don't know. They don't know. And, um, I think that that's a great way for us to reach out to these women and, and tell them, you know what, I think we know what else you might need. And they're just, just so grateful. And the unique thing about impact one is it might be a woman who is 10 years out in recovery, but has never been eligible for reconstruction. She has to live with what has happened. And so every few years she has to get prosthetics or some updated bras that will comfort her when she, you know, in those areas that are still very tender. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes insurances will be funny about things and say, you know, we're not covering that or you, you've got another two year waiting period. And so we just, we don't say no to any breast cancer fighter, survivor, or wherever they're at in their journey. We're there to help them. That's fantastic. I mean, because so mm-hmm. many, like so many of us, you know, I'm, I'm 12 years out at this point and, you know, so many of mm-hmm. us are, you know, at that point, like, well, you know, it's, nobody's going to help me because, you know, I'm so far out, but to mm-hmm. hear that, you know, even though you might be, you know, five, 10, 15 years out, if there's a need for yeah. something that impact yeah. one is really going to step up and say, okay, let's see what we can do to help. Yes. That's fantastic. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So how, how many women do you think, um, if you're keeping this information, which I, I'm sure you do, do. (laughs) um, how many uh, women have you donated a box to? So we, um, we were doing our stats because we wanted to kind of see where we're at for October. So, because we're doing so many speaking engagements, we've served, um, approximately 1,200 women with hope boxes. Wow. Um, and 150 has, um, boxes and items have gone to Mexico. Wow. And these are women in Mexico who have nothing. And when I say nothing, Mm -hmm. they have, um, had mastectomies and basically have said, okay, you're done. And so they compress themselves with their own towels at home. And they make their own little breast forms out of rice. And this is no lie. And so we have an amazing contact through Univision who goes down there and delivers our items to these women. Um, I think that, to me, is the best for me as, as far as what we do because they don't know where to go and there's nothing there. Absolutely. And so we're, we're filling that gap in other areas of the country. and. Um, I know that like when I say no woman should be forgotten, we're, we're talking women outside of the U.S. as well. Yeah. And really, I mean, when you genuinely think about the name of the organization, Impact mm-hmm. One, the mm-hmm. impact that that box yes. has, especially on those women in Mexico who do not have yeah. any access. Yeah. Um, yes. 
is, yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine being one of those women receiving a box. Yeah. Five of them that knew they were getting their customized box, um, walked about two and a half miles to the clinic to get there. Aww. And I mean, I, I wish I could have been there. I can't imagine what it was like handing those out to them. And you know, it's, it's beyond just getting this gift, even though I know we all love a beautiful gift. This again was something that they probably have, have wanted for years yeah. and have had to go without. Right. Yeah. I mean, it just is, it's a game changer for some mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. For many, I'm sure. It really is. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> if somebody wants to get involved or donate, how do they do yeah. that? I mean, I'm sure you accept donations. Yeah. We do. You <laughs> yeah. know, the, be- the beautiful thing about it is people probably wonder, how do we get all this product? We have so much product that um, we, we're having packing parties because we, <laughs> I saw we, that. we need women to help sort all of our, you know, sizes because we just can't do it all. And so um, American Cancer Society is kind of our big platform where if any woman wants to call and say, hey, I've got brand new items I've never used. I have the best insurance and I have all this stuff I just never used. They'll refer them directly to us and the I, they can ship those items to, to us um, as a donation. Um, and then, as of course, companies continue to donate the items Um if any woman is listening that does have uh, prosthetics that they no longer use, we recycle some of those for those women in Mexico. And so it would be wonderful to continue getting those donations because we need them. Um, I have some. We, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, good. I got them and I didn't like them. I yep. never wore them. I have the bras that go with I Everything oh, is still in the box. Yeah. So, love it. Yes. Okay. Good. We would love your donation. Yes. We would love it. Okay. We would, we'll put it to use. Yeah. Um, we also, as far as, you know, our box that we're shipping is the value is about $400 per box and it costs us about $25 to ship each box and that's their custom box and we get it. We do two day shipping for them. And so we have a landing page for people who want to sponsor breast cancer fighters. Um, it's impact. Oh no, it's I'm one. I'm one dot pink. I'm one dot pink is part of our community that we're trying to pull in everyone who is part of what we're doing. And, and we say, whoever's helping is part of us. They're one. And so I'm one dot pink is our landing page for donations for, um, for the money that we do to serve and, and, you know, fundraise. Um, we, we are starting to develop a uh, program where on Fridays we can um, start bringing in volunteers and training them to actually fill the boxes properly according to the application. And so we're going to be launching the, uh, the Friday pack, which will be, um, you know, um, something that we're going to start probably in November or December. We're, we're not, we're going to kind of start it slow and then see how the new year, we think it will get very busy in the new year. Yeah. Um, so, um, and we also have a breast cancer walk that we're doing in Gilbert, downtown Gilbert, Arizona, on January 11th, um, 2020, um, we have the entire downtown of Gilbert. We have about five restaurants that have collaborated with us, and we will start our walk under the water tower and with our breast cancer survivors, and we get to go to each restaurant and 
they're handing out samples of food and different kinds of hors d'oeuvres and things like that to honor our survivors and our walkers and everybody that's participating. That's a big fundraiser for us as well. That's fun. Yeah. So we have a lot of things going on. We always obviously need, um, whether it's donations of product or the money that we're able to raise is what goes out to shipping our products to our women all over the country. So awesome. Yeah. And so, I mean, I have no doubt that you are on yes. different social media platforms. So yeah. um, aside from the website, um, impact1.pink and I'm1.pink, yes. <laughs> um, yes. where else yep. can people find you? So we're on Instagram, um, which is impact1. And then our Facebook is impact1pink. Um, we really try to stay up to date with that and try to share stories and what we're doing so that people know where we're at if they want to to, to show up at our events. Um, but, um, obviously our biggest platform right now is really pushing things on our Facebook, which is impact one pink. Um, and it's wonderful because we're able to get women who are now sharing their stories of how impact one has impacted them. And so people are able to read and really understand this is real tangible information that women are, are expressing and really being being um, vulnerable to to admit that they're going through something very hard and that we've been able to help them. Right. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I'm really kind of blown away at um, <laughs> what you guys are doing um, because it really is so significant. And, you know, some of us were really lucky to have good insurance um, yes. that covered many different things. Yes, and, exactly. you know, so I always think about those women who, mm-hmm. you know, are, are underserved. By, I agree. Yeah, you know, medical treatments and supports yes. and, you know, all of that stuff. So you really yeah. are um, doing such an amazing thing for so well, many thanks. people. And, you. you know, I know that the name is Impact One, and I, mm-hmm. I get the idea behind that, that it's, you know, very individualized. But genuinely, um, you obviously are impacting so many more yeah. than just one. Yeah. And, you know, um, just on the side note, we, um, we do get many grants where we're helping women with free mammograms. So that's when we talk about insurances and yes. things that aren't covering some women are in that loophole where they Ugh. haven't, they don't have the insurance yet. They're getting it with their new job and, but they know they need to get a mammogram. And so we, um, we're doing a uh, free mammograms, um, the end of October in, in the town of Maricopa, we try to go out and do other things in other areas because again, no woman should be forgotten. And so we got to find other women that are, that are, you know, needing services. And so, um, we, although we don't push, we, you know, our mammogram service, we do help get the mobile mammogram sites out to different locations and give women the uh, free mammograms they need. Right. So that's been growing. That's been a good thing for us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate all of the all of the work that you're doing. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, thank you. Yeah, thank absolutely. You. And um, I, you know, certainly want to thank you for being a part of the podcast, coming on, sharing your personal story and um, yeah. where that has, you know, kind of led you at this point. So yeah. um, I'm no, I have no doubt what, that we're going to hear um, <laughs> great big <laughs> things coming from Impact One. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. And, you know, again, like I said, it's, it's being able to share the story so other women feel safe and they understand that they're not alone. And that's just really important is to, for everyone to be able to say, I've been there. 
I yes. understand. And then it really, it really helps comfort those that are going through such unknown territory. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you for that. Oh, of course. Of course, Melissa. This was great. This yeah. was really good. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Pink Ribbon. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you or anyone you know would be interested in sharing your story, please send an email to podcast at behindthepinkribbon.com. Thinking about advertising on this podcast? Our ads not only create awareness for your brand, but also contribute to the continued growth and support of this show. Email us today and be on our next episode. Email podcast at behindthepinkribbon.com for more information. You've been listening to Behind the Pink Ribbon, produced by American Creative Consulting, mixed and mastered at Riverview Podcasting Studios. For more information, please visit designbyacc.com.